The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, you guys, welcome to another edition of Offense, Defense, and Discourse. Still social distancing. Still trying to get the a hang of this whole social distancing thing. I'm in the studio. Or the basement. Or whatever you want to call it. But on the line right here, right now, is my partner in crime, the creator of this show, Mr. Mike Jones. What's good, fam? Oh, man. I'm, I'm trying to enjoy life as much as possible right now. You being the sportsman that you are. You being the avid sports fan that you are. There are no sports. There haven't been sports for almost three weeks now. How are you holding up? I'm all right so far. How are, what are you doing this, like, to pass the time? Um, well, a lot more reading. Mm-hmm. There's been... A lot of catching up on movies I've wanted to see that I never saw because I was too busy watching sports. Mm-hmm. Now, but I will tell you I this. I don't know how much longer that can last before I run out of those. I will tell you this. I'm, I've am i been working on my cooking. That's been how I've I've passed this time. Get out. You know, I, there's, been a, there's been a couple mm-hmm. of nice days. Got out on my deck. Uh, bought a brand new smoker over the uh, over the winter. Been able to try that out. Smoked a couple things. Probably going to grill something on Monday. Hopefully, because uh, the weather's supposed to be nice. I'm going to grill something on Monday. I just don't know what yet. You know what you could be doing? What could I be doing? Watching snowfall. You know what? You're absolutely right. I admit, I admit, I dropped the ball on that one because I told you that I would. I told you that I would I give have, you three episodes, three episodes, and I watched the first one, and it wasn't bad. Like it was like, like there's absolutely no re- like there's no reason and to and to stop watching. So I'm quite honest about the fact that the first episode or two are a lot of background and setup, so there is not as much action. Which is why I said give me three. And that's, you know what, all right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely, uh, see, I probably need to watch the first one again because it's been a couple of months. It's been a while. Yeah, I probably need to watch the first one again. And, I, you know, I will do that. You're, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Now, I will say this. The one thing that has been going on that has not stopped yet, the NFL offseason. Oh, man, nothing can stop the NFL. And I feel like, you know, call me naive. Call me naive, but I'm still under the belief that there's almost nothing that could stop the NFL. So I feel like, you know, I'm I'm prepared. I'm where there are actual games that need to be played. Yeah. I just feel, feel like at this point now, I'm not worried about losing NFL games. I think, you know, there there could be a ch- you know I, there there could be a chance that basketball doesn't return. 
That would suck, but I would, but I would understand. I don't believe hockey. You know, if, if basketball doesn't return, hockey's not going to return. There could be a, you know, there could be a chance that there is no baseball this year. But it's like when it gets real, would be if this stretches into threatening the NFL season. And at this point, I'm like, I'll believe that when I see it. Now, I, now I understand. I understand the two don't compare, but I just think back to that NFL. Uh, uh, the last time the NFL had a lockout, the last time they had a labor dispute, and there was a lockout, and there were people who were worried. The last time we, the last time we talked, yeah, I said to you that I thought the NFL had the best chance of being the first sport to resume play. Mm -hmm. That opinion is starting to change. I don't know that at this point, if the NFL, unless, even if they're trying to play without fans, the number of people necessary to have a football game, 53 people, 46 players on each side, 11 officials, a camera crew, you're looking at a lot of people just to get the production underway. You're looking at, they're talking about, you know, right now you can't have a gathering of more than 10 people. In a lot of major, in a, in a lot of major cities, you know, you try to play, you know, you, you try to do anything with more than 10 people. In some cities you could get arrested. Exactly. But, in a cell game, you have 22 players on the field. There, there could be close. I need six players active, plus coaches, plus another eleven officials, mm -hmm. or something like that. You're talking There's a lot of people involved, and then you're talking about an entire uh, TV crew. Mm -hmm. You're, you're it, talking. You, you don't have fans. You have to have a TV crew to be able to watch the game. You could easily still. You take away the fans. You could easily still have. 300 people in an arena yeah. just off both teams both teams and are we even counting the, the, the coaching staff both teams and their coaching staff the full uh, a full squad of referees and a TV crew you're still talking close to 300 people in a building but if you're I talking both teams and coaches that has you at probably about 120 people right there. You 92 active players for both teams. Then you start adding in coaching staff, so maybe 110 people. Then you have a referees, and now you're about 120. Then your production crew. For radio so, and television. So, like I said, you're still talking close to two three hundred people yeah. now i like i like i said i will believe that when i see it but i'm not going to say people there i'm not going to tell people that there isn't cause for concern there isn't a reason to say well you know i don't know but in the end i still you know i will believe that when it when i see it i know you said last time we did a show that you thought football would be the first one to come back I agree with you. I'm I'm still on that boat. I'm still firmly like you know what, I they'll figure this out. 
I'm putting my life jacket on, looking for the, <laughs> looking for the lifeboats, preparing to jump ship. All right, but there there still ha- there still has been some news though. NFL all season, they're still going. T- uh, players are still switching teams. You know, people getting signed. I know a lot of news. You've been following it. So where do you stand? Like, what what has jumped out to you in the last two weeks since we've done a show? Well, there are a couple things. Like the team that usually teams that spend a lot of money in free agency are they're kind of taking a gamble at relevancy. It's almost a last ditch effort before you go to the rebuild. And it rarely pans out. However, I think the Miami Dolphins spent their money very well this offseason. You're impressed by the Dolphins. Now, exactly what moves do you like? Well, Honestly, near all of them, they added line, linebacker, they added secondary help, they added um, former Eagle Jordan Howard in the running game, and none of these contracts were that massive, change the world type deal, except for cornerback Byron Jones. And, but one overpaid guy isn't the worst thing in the world when you're expecting to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. And as much as I hate to frame it this way, the fact that teams are not able to lay eyes on a guy like Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama and he's a medical gamble at least to some extent the Dolphins sitting at pick number five or if they're willing to trade up to pick number possibly three then they could have a very complete team very soon so now now as I say that as I mentioned the possibility of them drafting two or maybe at five if he's still there or trading up to three to do it. Let me ask you a question about another team that you're fairly familiar with in the NFC East, the Washington Redskins. If you're the Washington Redskins, are you sold enough on Dwayne Haskins that at number two you bypass the opportunity to draft a potential quarterback? that might be there in this draft. It's funny that you mention that because, you know, you know, the two of us, we have some friends in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. We know D.C. sports people. And D.C. is so torn on this where they're in a position where they are drafting high. They have the opportunity to draft a quarterback. And but know, they drafted a first round quarterback last season. That's and that's the and that's probably that's 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 the rip right there. Because when you look at the problems that the Washington Redskins had last year, 
uh, when you honestly look at the problems that they had last year, and this is a team that finished three and thirteen, so there weren't a lot of highlights. But when you look at what the what you know, are you really are are you really looking at the quarterback position? Like, yeah, they started the season with Case Keenum. Started the season with Case Keenum, made the switch to the young guy later on in the season. Was he the problem? Have you seen enough? Okay, but here's the flip side. Just to the, the other side, of, give you the other side of the argument. Mm-hmm. While he wasn't the problem, the quarterbacks in this class drafting as high as number two, which is the pick the Redskins have, Burrow and Tua both, so you'd probably be able to draft Tua if you wanted to go quarterback at number two. For everything you've seen him play on the field has the potential, while Haskins has the potential to be good, Tua has the potential to be more special, if you will, than Haskins. So the question then you have to ask yourself is, okay, I know we invested in Haskins, but he, did he really show me enough that I'm willing to pass on this guy whose ceiling is potentially higher than the guy we have now? Let me throw out a scenario to you because I, I, not quite, I'm going off the fly here, so I don't know if this is necessarily a fair comparison. But you see, the Dolphins gave up on Ryan Tannehill. Moved on from him. He goes to Tennessee, leads them to the playoffs, gets himself a gets himself a decent contract. You know, usually when a team gets rid of a quarterback, when a team moves on from a quarterback, you know, he's proven that he can't play. You know, very rarely do you see very rarely do you see situations where quarterbacks in their prime, while they still have, you know, playing years in front of them, hit free agency. Yes, Tom Brady just hit free agency. Tom Brady's 43 years old. Phillip Rivers hit free agency. Phillip Rivers got, you know. He's 38, I believe. He's, he's 38. You know, yes, Cam Newton hit, you know, Cam Newton is 30, but that's, you know, that's the anomaly. I, I'm not going to start talking bad about Cam Newton today. So no, I, I, but we'll, when just, I, we'll just move on from there. I, I will just put it like this: This is Cam. Say what you want about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is still an, a former MVP who's played in He's the Super Bowl. He's an extremely talented guy. Yeah. whose body language reminds me of Jay Cutler. Okay, but nonetheless, if, you don't. If you, you don't understand I, what I mean when I say Jay Cutler. When I reference no, Jay I, Cutler's body language, I, I understand, but the fact still remains. You don't quarterback quarterbacks with resumes like that don't don't usually hit free agency at thirty years old. True, but I think GMs and franchises are starting to realize with now twenty five plus years of NFL salary cap behind them that there is a point where you reach a diminishing return on quarterback investment. 
unless you have the best guy in the league, it doesn't pay to be paying the highest salary in the league for your quarterback. So but they, you, if you look at the quarterback deals that were given out this offseason, you didn't see the same trend of next guy upsets the record that mm-hmm. you've seen in previous years. Mm-hmm. You've seen guys get contracts more in line, more in scale with where they rank overall in, in quarterback play in the league, which is not something that we've been used to seeing over the last 10 years or so. It was always next guy upsets the record again. Yeah, but I guess... Two, the the point that I'm making is you did see like look at the look at the other quarterback moves. No, I'm James, just saying with Cam specifically yeah. his situation, it was a matter of not that he's not able to play anymore. His, mm. his value didn't match his contract. His, his value didn't match his co- his contract, but <clears throat> nonetheless, it's like there's a difference between camp. There's a, there's a anomaly as far as being a free agent quarterback. Yeah. There's a diff. There's a difference between Cam Newton and a Jameis Winston. Uh, Jameis, like let's put Jameis Winston went into this off season out of a job because he was Jameis Winston. You know, when it came time, when it came time, to decide whether or not you were going to extend Jameis Winston or walk away from Jameis Winston, the Bucks decided they were going to walk away. I mean, the same, the same with Mar- the same, same with Marcus Mariota. Same thing happened to Cam Newton. They they had him under contract. But, they didn't even have to negotiate or resign. But nonetheless, but, but Cam Newton wasn't under his rookie. De- I'm talking about, but Cam Newton wasn't under his rookie deal. Usually, when about it, when it when it comes to when you get towards the end of that rookie deal and a team has to make a decision and that team chooses to walk away, you know you're that usually says you're not you're not good enough to be a starter. Exactly, exactly. And I'm saying that the Miami Dolphins came to that decision with Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill was able to then go to another team and take them to the playoffs and get a contract. Now, now to bring this all back to the Washington Redskins, are they about to do the exact same thing? Now, granted, the difference is when the Miami Dolphins walked away from Ryan Tannehill, they had no quarterback. They were hoping maybe they'll get one in the draft. They were looking down the line. That that time is now. But I'm saying, and the Washington Redskins are, you know, that time is now. But what I'm saying is, could Dwayne Haskins be that next Ryan Tannehill, who then who gets bounced from his the team that drafted him, go to another team and flourish. I mean that's that's possible, but I think a Justin as apt an analogy would be what we saw recently with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They drafted a first round quarterback two years ago in Josh Allen. And they said, yeah, he was okay. It was, he was not actually a complete disaster. However, the next year they had opportunity to draft. The next year, excuse me, they had, they had opportunity to draft Kyle Allen. And while, jo- 
Josh Allen was not a complete bust. Not Kyle Allen, excuse me. Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. Kyler Murray, yes. Yeah. And Kyler Murray, they saw him as the more special player. So although they took a first-round QB the last year who was not a complete disaster, they thought the prudent thing to do was let's get the most special quarterback we can for our franchise, knowing the nature of today's NFL. If you can get a special quarterback under a rookie deal and put a good team around them, that's the best window to win a Super Bowl in recent years. Well, and it, well, now that there seems to be, there is a precedent. Like this is not new. We've now seen we have now seen this happen in Miami. We have now seen this happen in Arizona. So, at this point, I think it's it's obvious the window for a rookie quarterback. The window to show yourself to be special is small. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so a year, maybe two. A year, maybe two. But now, with Haskins, we're talking about less than a year. We're not even talking a year. Haskins didn't get a year. Haskins got his first start when um, I can't even remember. Week nine, maybe. Something like that. Haskins got what? One, two, three, four, five, six games? I believe that was, that's right. He got six games. Six six games. Six games, one, two of them. And and by no means am I saying that Haskins is a bad player. Mm -hmm. But he hadn't proven, he didn't prove himself to be special. But coming out exactly, what you saw from Haskins was, Potentially good, but nothing that said special. Mm-hmm. And the scouting report on Tua is is it's healthy. He's this special. kid is special. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, honestly, it's like it. There's cause. There's cause to be. There's cause to be leery of the move. Like, all right. Because you have a, you know, you have a quarterback. You have a quarterback that you drafted, who's been in your. Well, I shouldn't say he's been in your system because you don't have a brand new. Uh, you have a brand new coach, but you had one in place. But now, you know. But now, if you want to make the move, make it. All right. Well, let me ask you the question this way: If John Brown is is GM of the Redskins. Does the fact that you took a first-round quarterback last year prohibit you from taking a quarterback this year? No, because because I think you know we've seen Tua's we have seen Tua's resume. We we've, we've seen him work. You know, this isn't a deal where you know you had to study a whole bunch of tape because it wasn't out there. You watched him when when at on the highest level. Go- Freshman in the quarter in the championship game and yeah. came had a comeback with to start his career. At a, you saw him play at a high level at Alabama. That's as pro as a college team gets. That program is as close to pro as a college team is going to get. And you're playing the stiffest of competition yes. that you can get. College football. So it's not like this is somebody who padded a whole bunch of stats playing cream puffs. This is somebody who played Auburn every year, played Georgia every year. Exactly. You know, 
So that's why I think this is a fair question. It's not that it's a knock on Haskins saying mm-hmm. you're a bum, you can't play. But at, if you have, you're the Redskins, mm-hmm. you do have the opportunity to get a quarterback who's potentially a truly special Dan- quarterback. Daniel Snyder better hire the best doctors known to man. No hook, <laughs> no hookups. No, you know, no yes men. No people who will tell you what you want to hear. You get the best. You get, you know, you get James Andrews. You fly him in from Birmingham, Alabama. You get the best doctors. You get Dr. Dre. You get Dr. J. You know, you get Dr. Spock. Whoever you need to get. You get the best doctors known to man. And you make sure this man's injuries. You make sure he's good. You need guarantees. You know, because the bo- the bottom line, Daniel Snyder doesn't. If there's an owner in the league who could mess this up, yeah, it's Daniel Snyder. Uh, he's the one who could mess it up. Absolutely. If there isn't, if there's an owner in the league who could get rid of Haskins, draft Tua. Tua be a bust and Haskins be a star. What owner would you say would? You know what? What owner is Daniel that, Snyder? Daniel Snyder, and it's not even so much that Tool would be a bust. With Snyder, Tool would get hurt, career ender, and I don't wish this on Tool at all. No, but it's just with Snyder's luck. What? I don't actually want mm-hmm. Tool would be a Redskin. Mm-hmm. I don't want Tool to be. I don't want Tua to be a Redskin for the same reason I didn't want Saquon Barkley to be a Giant. Exactly. I don't want to hate Tua. I agree. I agree with you completely on that. I I have no desire to hate Tua. But if he goes to the Redskins, I will hate him. I will not. You know, like you, I, I, I also agree with you. I, I would never wish inj- injury on anybody. I, you know, that's, you know, that, that goes without saying. That, that goes so far, you know, across the line. I, that goes without saying. But I most certainly don't want him to go to the Redskins. I have no problem do- hating Haskins, so. I can hate him. Don't wish injury on him. Think if they got rid of him, he'd be jacked up. But you know what? Hey, hey whatever, dude. He, I mean, first of all, he he's an Ohio State guy who plays for the Redskins. There's no, there's no, there's no reason to like Dwayne Haskins. Only thing that could make Dwayne Haskins worse is if there are two things that could, could make it worse. He could have been drafted by the Cowboys. And he'd be an Ohio State guy that plays for the Cowboys, or he could like switch play basketball, play for the Celtics or something. Go back to school, play for Duke or something. But, but in 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 the end, though, in the end, I think honestly, if I'm Daniel Snyder, I need I I need guarantees. I need to know that Tua is good. You, you need to know he's all the way healthy. Because the thing with Tua is that he's had the same surgery on both ankles and now a fractured hip as well. Yeah. In three years, that's three major injuries. Mm-hmm. So that is at least something to be concerned about if nothing else. So there's the potential to be special 
And there's also the potential to have a very short run in the NFL. And the Redskins have some familiarity with that as well in recent years in RG3, who had the potential to be very special but was derailed quickly by injury. Mm-hmm. Were you big so on RG3? If you're the Redskins, pardon? Were you big on RG3 when coming out of uh, coming out of Baylor? Pre-injury, pre injury, I thought pre injury, I thought he had the potential to be a very good weapon. Mm-hmm. Post no. injury, mm-hmm. well, po- yeah, post injury is a different story because you know it just yeah. he was he was never quite right. But I, I guess I I wondered, you know, you know, with his style of play in college. And yes, he had some early success his rookie year. But did you think that that was something that, you know, barring the injury that he could have he could have maintained? Was that a level of play and a style of play that he could have maintained? And that was always the concern was that that style of play at his size, because he didn't have the largest frame, would not be sustainable in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that was all, which is why people had a similar concern with a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is the, uh, also a little bit bigger at this point than RG3 was, but he's not Cam Newton size. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, RG3, and I don't necessarily know that Shanahan at that point was the right coach. Mm-hmm. For a guy like RG3, at this point, it's well reported that he didn't want him. And they took two quarterbacks in that draft, Cousins as well. And Cousins was more of his type of guy, and there was always a dynamic there that made things a little uncomfortable. And once RG3 was injured, I, I don't think he was ever really given the full opportunity to return to good health and be the Redskins starter again. So yeah, there was a lot of factors in that situation, but I do think RG3, if he say he had ended up in a system like Greg, what Greg Roman runs for Lamar Jackson now and for a for Colin Ravens. Kaepernick in mm. the past, he could have been much more successful. Mm. He was not an inaccurate passer by any means. He could throw the ball, and he was very mobile. He just, as any young quarterback, needed time to develop and perfect and hone his skills and perfect his game, which he was never afforded due to the injury. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he went back to play on an injured leg, which pretty much ended him rather than looking long-term at his at his future, saying, I'm a rookie with a, with a bright future. We had a good had a good run this year. I'm going to shut it down and come back for next year, which would have been the prudent decision for him. It, as we know, it went the other way. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, like, back to where we were, though. The Redskins this year, Chase Young for sure is the safe choice for him. For them, they can avoid all the risk, all the conversation. Say we, we well, we took a first round pick last year, so we decided to go defense for, instead of going to QB again. But if I'm the Redskins, I at least have to do my due diligence mm-hmm. on two. Yeah, 
You can't. It can't be a situation where it's like, all right, they they don't at least look. And I think they will. I mean, you you have to. I mean, you, you, I mean, you can't have a talent like that coming out the league, coming out of college, with an opportunity to draft him and not at least take a look. He should be in for a workout. He needs to be in front of your medical team. You need, you know, that needs to happen. And you need people who will give an honest, honest opinion. And if two is good, you bring him in. You know, you got to. You got to. But like I said, if there's if there is a guy who can screw this up, it would definitely be Daniel Snyder. Now look, let's take a real quick break, all right? We've been at this for over a half an hour. I believe you got a guest for us today, right? We do have a guest coming up in a little bit. As soon as he's ready, we will get him in. We've been talking football, but when we get back to the break, after the break, we're going to start talking a little bit more about our local team. Okay. And as we get into that, we'll bring our guest in as well. But let's get into that a little bit more. I just got to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Let's take- and then we'll be right back talking more football. All right, we'll be right back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. I've never lived in a city like Phoenix where the downtown is not the center of the city the, what's popping is out in Scottsdale. <laughs> That's where everything's popping. That's where all the five-star Twitter restaurants clubs are. are in Scottsdale. The best clubs in towns are in Scottsdale. The best mm. spas are in Scottsdale. If anything, they need to build the arena in Scottsdale and move everything from downtown out to Scottsdale. Yeah, they build in the then White Castle. Then you have an elite in franchise. Scottsdale. Next to them, next to them carved houses in Camelback Mountain. That's where everything is popping to me from what I've White seen Castles in my two years. It's coming uh, to yeah. Scottsdale. I will be there. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo squad. Next to, the, next to the spot, it's like eight hundred dollars. It don't matter. It <laughs> don't matter. I'm up, I'm up in that piece. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. 
The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. And we are back on Offense, Defense, and Discourse. My name is Brown. On the phone is my man, Jonesy. Jonesy, we've been talking football, and we wanted to talk a little local football because we are still here in Philadelphia area. We can't go nowhere because, you know, everybody's quarantined off and stuck in a house and doing whatever. But you wanted to talk a little Eagles football right now, right? Absolutely. Because it's been an interesting offseason, to say the least, for the Eagles so far. Malcolm Jenkins out. Jalen Mills in at safety. Darius Slay in at corner. Now you Nicole like that move. Coleman in at corner. I love that move. You love that move. Why, why do you love that move so much? The Jalen Mills at safety move so why do you why do you love that move? What, what about the, those moves? What attracts you to those? What, why do you, are those the moves that you approve of? Well, Slay gives you a guy who's proven his ability to cover one on one press man without getting abused. He's not going to bite on the double move. He's a proven commodity at the position. Not a guy who just has reputation but hasn't been tested or thrown at. He's actually shown the ability to play at a high level. So you're saying he's not not Namdi Asamoah? I I wasn't going to say the name, (laughs) but yeah, he's not that. All right. Like he's a guy who's actually proven his ability to get it done. So, with that being said, a guy like that that allows you allows you to slide your safety help over to the other side, and really makes your secondary a whole lot better at that point. So, that is why, especially in the system that Jim Schwartz likes to run, I am really excited about the potential of this, I guess not completely new look, but revamped Eagles defense. Now, I guess I'll ask you now, how do you feel about the Eagles offseason thus far? Well, it's funny. Like you, you brought that up, and good friend of the show, our good friend Mike Patton, on his page, Sport uh, Sports Awakening, he wrote an article because he felt like, yes, the Eagles, you know, the Eagles have made some good moves. I don't think you're going to find too many people who are going to have an issue with with the acquisition of Slay. But he wondered, was that he wondered, was that enough? He thought that the Eagles needed to be more, need, needed to do more. And I guess and that was a, that was prior to the addition of Nickel Roby Coleman. Mm-hmm. And after that, he still said they need enough another guy. So, do you agree? I mean, I guess I honestly think that with the pressure, they should be able to generate with the front four mm-hmm. without blitzing. The secondary at this point is bare, I won't call them great, mm-hmm. but 
they are improved, to say the least. Mm-hmm. As an overall unit, I think they're better than they were last year, despite the loss of a guy like Malcolm Jenkins. I think you look at what they what they have up front, you know, with Cox. At this point, you know, it's, 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 it's a prove-it year for Derek Barnett. Hopefully Malik Jackson can be uh, can be healthy this year. You know, they brought in uh, Hargrave. Now they lost they lost Tim Jernigan. Mm-hmm. And but they when, should have him healthy, Malik Jackson. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I guess it, when Jernigan played, he was a difference maker. But he was hurt all the time. So you know you start you're sad to see him go. Don't want to see him go, but hey, you know it. That's the business. That's the business. But nonetheless, on in theory and on paper, they have what they need up front to get some to get some pressure. I still want to see what they do at the linebacker position. I think linebacker is still a question mark. It seems. So how it, it, much would you be willing to invest in a linebacker? Would you I don't know. The first round pick on a linebacker? First round. I don't think. That's where, you know, I feel like the linebacker position, that's where, you know, you need just scouts to get on a grind. Can you find somebody who can play? And can start from day one in the later rounds. That diamond in the rough guy. Is that guy out there? Can you find that guy out there? Now we talked about we talked about before we started the show, you know, um draft prep preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm asking you, do you feel like do you think, in your opinion, is this a linebacker heavy draft? Could you find those linebackers in this draft? Could you find starting linebackers in the later rounds? Do they need to draft? I'm asking you. I, I know you asked me this question, and I'm putting it back on you. Do they need to get somebody in the first round? In but, my opinion, I don't think they need necessarily a star linebacker in this system. Mm-hmm. I think they need to be able to find the right guy, a guy who will be able to be a solid rotational piece in possibly the fourth round where they have a couple of picks. But, and like you said, this, this is where the scouts need to be able to do their jobs well and identify the talent they need at the right location in the draft. But I wouldn't want to, quote-unquote, jump out the window in the first round to get a linebacker, I don't think that should be the Eagles' biggest priority in this draft. No, I, I agree. I, I still believe that at this point, wide receiver is where they're looking in the first round. I think they're. I think that's where they'll look. I think the Eagles will, draft, will look to draft a wide receiver or maybe – or maybe another cornerback. Yes, they have Slay. If they could find a cornerback to play opposite Slay, I think that's where they go. I don't believe 
I agree with you. I don't believe that linebacker is a big first round priority for the Eagles. Now it could be, it could you know, second, third, and I think honestly that kind of that kind of fits the Philly mold as far as players. And sometimes I feel like they're the Eagles and Eagles fans need to get away with get away from that sometimes. And there's sometimes when it works. Like we love that late round guy who comes in with the chip on his shoulder, with the blue collar attitude, who puts his hand in the dirt and just makes himself and wills himself into a high level player. We love that guy in this town. If there were if it was up to some people in Philadelphia, we'd have fifty three of those guys. 53 fourth and fifth round guys who play, you know, who came in with that, you know, hardworking mentality and willed themselves into first round talents. But, and sometimes it's like, you need to get, you need a, 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 a talented star at the top of the draft, whatever, first round pick who plays like a first round pick. And then sometimes you need that work pale guy. I think at linebacker, that's where they're, that's where they're looking for. That's where it's like, okay, we don't need to necessarily get a linebacker in the first round, but fourth round, we got a lot of picks. Let's get somebody. But nonetheless, I still feel like they need day one contributors. When you're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, if they are going to keep this thing going, and I, I feel like now they are looking, they're staring in the face of a rebuild. The first, you know, the first real rebuild now that Carson Wentz has his money. Because like you, you know, you're you're the one who said on this show so many times where, you know, that's when you have to get creative. That, you know, that once you've paid your quarterback, that's when you have to get creative. That's when it gets harder to build a team because you're giving your quarterback a whole lot of money. Now, oh, absolutely. But so, you know, now is the time or like if you're going to find that if you're going to find that that starting linebacker in the fourth round, this is the year you do it. Now that Carson Wentz got his money, you need to start finding some stars in the draft. You need to start drafting some stars. That's where the Eagles are. That's where they need to be. They need to find this dude in the fourth or the fifth round. Now, is that something you trust Howie to be able to do? Howie built up a bunch of trust in a way he... I mean, Howie has done some very good things. He's done some very good things, but now, you know, there have been... His missteps have piled up. We thought, you know... After the Super Bowl, we thought that Howie had bought himself a lifetime guarantee of never being on the hot seat ever again. And I'm not saying he's on the hot seat as far as, you know, losing or keeping his job. But he's on the hot seat as far as drawing the level of criticism criticism he gets. Yeah. He's getting some side eye from fans. I am not off the Howie bandwagon yet. But if I may quote, if I if I may quote, '90s hip hop legends main source, I'm looking at the front door. 
I'm still I'm, I'm still seated. I'm still here. I'm still down the rod, but I'm looking at the front door. I'm not ready to jump ship, you know, and, and, and turn my back on Howie. But I, I'm I am definitely looking at the front door for sure. Now, I, I didn't pose that question to you. Where are you? Do you trust Howie to find to be able to find these pieces in the draft? I trust Howie to be able to draft certain positions in the draft. Other positions, uh, he's still got things to show me. Mm-hmm. Like, if you tell me, Howie, I need a good defensive lineman, I think Howie can identify those guys fairly well. Mm-hmm. You tell me, Howie, I need a good offensive lineman, yeah, I think he'll get that done. And those are very important things to be able to recognize when you're building a team. Which is why a Howie Roseman team is generally at least solid to good in the usually playoff teams, and he's got one Super Bowl. People generally think of Howie as being with the Eagles for a long time, and he has been. But I believe it's only, what, six seasons of him actually being the general manager. And in those, it's what, one Super Bowl and four or five playoff appearances, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been bad to him. No, I mean, he's had some success. And in fact, it's hard to say. It's hard to characterize it as some success when you're talking about a GM with a Super Bowl on his resume. You know, I feel like that, that almost seems unfair. Saying yes, he's had some success. He won the Super Bowl. He's had a lot of success. More success than failure. But there are some red flags. There are some causes for the side eye and linebacker. You know, the inability to find a long term answer at linebacker is one of them. Well, I I agree. But I think they've also shown that in this system, when they're getting the production they need up front, they're capable of winning at a pretty high level, including the Super Super Bowl, without that, quote, superstar linebacker. That's That they are, but what they've also shown is what happens and what can happen if – that front four isn't able to get that pressure. They haven't been consistent when it comes to, when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback, putting consistent pressure on consistent quarterbacks week in and week out. You've seen what happened. You've watched quarterback pick this defense apart when this team hasn't been able to get uh, consistent press, pressure. So, you know, you need a backup plan. You need a plan B. And maybe if there were better linebackers, you know, you, you could scheme better for when you can't get that pressure. You know. You can draw up more pa- you know. That, that the, is a very good point. I will not argue with you that is a solid point. But you know what? Mm-hmm. You're not really the guy I like to go to for my Eagles. <laughs> Why is that? You trying to tell me you trying to front on my you trying to front on my Eagles knowledge? 
That's not a knock on you. It's, I mean, it's not a knock on me. That sounds like a knock on me. That's that's exactly what that is. That is a knock on me. I respect your Eagles knowledge. I absolutely do. It's like that's a knock. But if I would be honest, uh, our next guest has been covering the team as a beat reporter for about 15 years. That, that, that is, I've and been here for almost 15 I, years. I have a chance to ask first. I've been here a I'm while too. Okay. You know, as much as I love talking to you, if I if I get to talk Eagles, I'd much rather talk to our next guest, guy who's been man. covering the Eagles for what fifteen about fifteen years now, host of Inside the Birds and a radio host at ninety seven three ESPN in South Jersey as well, Jeff Mosher. Jeff, thanks again for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on. Oh, no, I knew you were fired up because, like, you, you do every once in a while. I put a tweet out there, you know, live tweeting the Howie Roseman conference call. Mm-hmm. And we had some strange things to say uh, about wide receivers that we'll get to. And you hit me up like, we need to talk about this right now. So I knew, I knew what was serious. Like. I mean, I, I'm, the tweet you mentioned, I'm looking at it again, and, and it still makes certain things pop pop his mind immediately. Like it gets immediate reaction from it. And and we're gonna get to that. But first I want to talk to you. Me and John were just talking actually linebackers this off season. And <laughs> why? <laughs> because the question was how much, if any, do you think they should be looking to invest in the linebacker position in this draft? Mm-hmm. Well, we were, yeah, we were thinking probably maybe something around one of those fourth round picks they have, but you probably won't see a major investment in the position, right? And yeah, nobody's yeah, dumb enough to take to say they'll draft one in the first round, but you know, I, I, I gotta think there's going to be a, a linebacker drafted this year, right? You know, John and Mike, I, I think so, but. You know, there are some things about the Eagles that we say that just aren't true, right? Well, not we, but like fans say, that just simply aren't true. Like, for example, Jim Schwartz is a bad defensive coordinator. We may quibble with a lot of his moves. We may have bad days after a loss and want him out of here. But in the long view, Jim Schwartz is a really good defensive coordinator, okay? There are some things we say about the Eagles that are very critical or that they do that are absolutely true. Their neglect of linebacker is absolutely <laughs> true uh, in the draft for the last few years. Uh, so you can say the same for safety, which I've had, uh, and I have said that. But it's it's to the point where, so they did, they, there's a, a pretty good linebacker prospect out there who the Eagles brought in for a top 30 visit. And, you know, I'm talking to somebody about involved in the league about this person. And they said, yeah, you know, the Eagles would really, do well to get this guy. He's not a first-round pick, but he'd probably be a second or third. But the guy said to me, so clearly he's not going to be an eagle. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's probably going to be a second or third-round pick. Like Even people who you know, work in the NFL, work for other teams, agents, coaches, all they, they just completely expect that the Eagles will bypass linebacker. Now, it's not totally fair. Like Michael Kendricks was a linebacker just a few years ago. He was on the 2017 team. He was a second-round pick. And Jordan Hicks was a good linebacker who got hurt a lot, mm-hmm. but he was a third round pick. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they've never used draft capital, high draft capital on linebackers. But 
I mean, are they really going to take a linebacker ahead of wide receiver, cornerback, and safety right now? Uh, I'm a hard time seeing that. But I have a hard time seeing that, seeing that as well, which is why I thought earliest maybe one of those fourth round picks. That's a good. Now, I think that's a good. That's a good comfort area for Howie and linebacker. Now, and since we're bringing up those first early picks, I'm gonna go ahead and read the tweet you put out during that <laughs> Howie Roseman press conference. Our, and I quote. Regarding lack of free agent wide receiver signing, Howie Roseman says he doesn't have the benefit of knowing how when prices drop in free agency when he and staff are planning the process. So, so before I finish the tweet, I'm going to stop there. Because <laughs> that in itself confuses me. Okay, great. You don't know when the prices are going to drop. Right. But is that to lead me to believe that what you're a couple days is, as an experienced front office guy in the league, you don't know prices drop what you're a couple days in? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense on a variety of levels, Mike and JB, mm-hmm. but the, I guess the highest level is that if you have money earmarked for free agents, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's never concrete. It's never like... You know, twenty six point three million. That's it. We're not spending it down. It's always flexible because there's always bargains that you feel are good, and there's always guys you don't want to overpay for. When you see a market come down <laughs> and prices come down from what you anticipate, that's the easier time to say, okay, it's worth it to spend a little more than we thought because because we are not overpaying for value here. It's it's the other way around. It's when the prices okay. are higher than you thought that you want to stay away. So exactly. Howie, Howie's been really good at this. So I almost think that he's covering for something. Like maybe there's right. a mandate from above to not spend more money or, or whatever. But it just made no sense. Like, I mean, I Howie know, especially. Like, like in my mind, I, I would say it like this. For me, it seems like, okay, you would say, I maybe want to spend $10 million on a receiver. So you put in a call at the beginning of free agency to Robbie Anderson's agent. Mm-hmm. I'm just this is strictly hypothetical, not necessarily saying he's the guy the Eagles wanted, but just throwing him out since he was a free agent this year. You call his agent and say, "We'd be willing to talk something in the ten million range." Mm-hmm. And two or three days later, he hasn't got an offer better than that. Maybe he calls you back, right? That that seems like at, at bare minimum you could do that, not knowing when the prices are going to drop. That's but the, true. But to say that not knowing when the prices drop means I'm out of the market seems almost delinquent at the job. Right, and that's what's funny about how he said he almost he almost made it seem like, well, his his quote would be reflective of someone who doesn't read the market well. But we know that the Howie, and we can criticize Howie for. That's excellent. N- yeah, but that's never been him. really excellent about exactly. reading the market. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, Which that's is never why that him. statement in itself confused me. I was wondering if there's something else going on behind that. Because yeah. when I hear, because you know, now I want to read the second part of the quote. Also said, Eagles are higher on their current in-house wide receivers than the public. Because when I hear that, Oh, boy. That added to it makes me say, also be prepared to, don't, to see us not spend a lot of draft capital on a wide receiver either. 
No, see, that's where I think he's he he buried himself a little bit too much into the hole, right? Because now that's the interpretation that oh, we love these guys so much that we don't really you know we we think we don't even need to draft. There is no way in Hades that he's coming out of this draft without at least one wide receiver. Definitely, well, very good chance two, maybe even three. Depending, maybe if they trade down a little bit and acquire picks and get like a day three guy. Um, but there's just no way. They need speed. They know they need speed. Guys, I mean, there, there's just no doubt about it. So the idea that they can come back next year and have, you know, even with Alshon Hurt, to have Deshaun and Greg Ward and Jay Jaw and think that they can be competitive just because they have two really good tight ends is not true. They know it. If they did if they didn't, if they really felt that way, they wouldn't have been looking into all the wide receivers at the combine and mm. having top thirty visits with guys before everything got shut down. They know they need wide receiver help. Now, why the question is, why wouldn't they at least pay like two and a half million for Philip Dorsett or uh, a few extra million more for Rashad Perriman? That, that to me is beyond. I don't get. Like you know, I get it. Maybe they just didn't value Abby Anderson even at the twelve million guaranteed he made. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's uh, to not, you know, what look what they're doing say at corner, right? They know they're not great there, they're even after the slate trade. So at least they get themselves a really real bargain deal at corner with Mikel Roby Coleman to play the slot. They get themselves a bargain deal on safety to get Will Parks. I mean, this is what how he's been doing for the last three years: bargain deal to get Legarrette Blunt, bargain deal to get Patrick Robinson, bargain deal to get Nigel Bradham. I mean. The why he's not taking that a wide receiver to me. It's not like you couldn't do that and still draft your young core of wide receivers to build around. And if the guy you signed to a one year deal isn't good enough to beat him out, then so be it. One year. Uh, I agree completely. So you mentioned the guy's name, though, that I'm curious about as well Nickel Roby Coleman. And you see him playing the slot quarter. So with that addition, who do you see playing that number two on the outside? Yeah, I think it's good as well. Right now, if they had to play a game right now, it's got to be Avante Maddox. And, you know, he gets typecast, and rightfully so, as a slot corner because he's five foot nine, um, And he probably should be a slot corner. But they can do a couple of things. One, they can start him on the outside but move him inside slot when they go in a nickel and then bring in somebody that they draft, let's say they use a first, a second or a third round pick on a corner who can actually turn his hips and run a little bit. Novel concept. I know <laughs> uh, if they do that, then you can bring the, you know, it's hard for rookies. I think it's become the hardest position to hit in the draft. It used to be quarterback, right? I mean, there used to be like 50, 50, there was a Peyton Manning and then there was a Ryan Lee, right? <laughs> But now I feel like quarterbacks adjust to the NFL way easier than quarterbacks do. Corners have a real tough time. So if you draft one in the first three rounds, you're not guaranteed he's going to be ready to play. But if you can kind of work him in in sub packages, um, to me, that's a good way to get an experience without throwing everything on top of him. So you start Maddox on the outside and then move him inside and nickel a dime and bring, bring the, the, the younger corner into the outside. But um, I don't know how much you might even see that because obviously Roby Coleman's so good in the slot that you know they may just keep Maddox on the outside and then work a rookie in, you know, just a dime or whatever they can. So they have options. 
at the end of the day, I suppose Maddox could move back to safety if they needed it and felt that they drafted a corner who must start on the outside and Roby Coleman must start in slot. So it's good to have options, but it's better to have talent. So I, I'm now my next question is simply, I guess, because I feel like I have to ask, mm-hmm. have to do my due diligence. Oh, Does this mean that we're giving up on Sidney Jones at this point? Well, I think it means that you're not pinning all your hopes on Sidney Jones at this point, which I think you, me, JB, would all agree that that's a pretty good thing to do, not pin everything on yeah. Sidney. Uh, I feel like at this point, if Sidney becomes halfway decent or half of what you expect him to be, that's bonus. That's gravy. So, and that's a good thing. I know a lot of people want to see him cut, but I don't see a sense of it. He's only got a year left on the deal, and you might as well. I mean, you're not going to get anything for him trading him, so why cut him? Because, you know, maybe this is the year that he puts it all together and becomes a pretty good corner. You might as well bring him to camp, let him to compete, and see if he can earn a job. Now you're in the position, though, where he's not number one or number two on your, on your depth chart. Okay. That that makes sense. Now, we're we're over Sidney Jones now. I mean, that. Well, I I I agree with what you say. Like, there's no need to cut him. Let him, you know, come in. You're on the last year of your deal. Show us what. Show us you got something, and then move Mm -hmm. on. Like I, 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 that that makes the most sense to me. You don't need to cut him. I'm not saying they get rid of him now, ship him out of town now. But at this point, the expectations that I had for Sidney Jones when we drafted him are now gone. I'm not. I was at some. You know, I was somebody who's like, okay, yeah, he got hurt. When he comes back, this guy's gonna be a beast. And that never happened. I don't know what it is with this city and drafting kids from the University of Washington and that they just can't play <laughs> when they get here. <laughs> Who knows? I Maybe. Don't, I don't know what's Maybe. going on there. <laughs> can Sidney Can Sydney Jones shoot? Can he shoot the? Can he? Can he shoot the basketball? Can he? Can he play point guard? At this point, probably not. He, I bet he used to be able to shoot until he came to Philly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, it's like only. It's like Philadelphia is the only town getting it wrong on this school because mm-hmm. <laughs> this school produces unbelievable defensive back talent all around the NFL. Marcus Peters, mm-hmm. right? Des Trufant, uh, Buddy uh, Buda Baker is a good state. I mean, they, you just go through the league and there's a lot of D backs uh, from from the University of Washington. And we but just not can't get none of them. We, we just yeah. can't get it's any. Like there's a lot of good. Yeah, there's a lot of blows from from Washington in the NBA, not the one that the Eagles, uh, not the one that they got. Well, not the one they got a couple of years ago. Oh man, no, definitely not. He's no Todd McCullough, I tell you that. <laughs> wow, he said Todd McCullough. He was Washington, wasn't he, Todd McCullough? I believe so. See now, I got mm-hmm. he was. I feel like he was on the Washington team that lost to UConn in the Sweet 16 in like '98 on Rip Hamilton's like he Rip Hamilton hit a shot where he was falling backwards with no time on the clock mm-hmm. and just hooked the ball up and went in and they beat Washington that way. That's absolutely what happened. Yeah, I can remember it mm-hmm. like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, but 
back to the Eagles for a second. Now, I ha- so, if we're looking at the Eagles drafting speed and needing receiver talent, what do you think the chances are of them doing anything to possibly trade up to get the guy they really want rather than waiting to see who falls to them at 21? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Mike, because it's very polarizing right now. And that's something that we just talked about, me and Adam Kaplan, on the Inside of Birds podcast that just dropped. I, I was at the Combine, and I was there the day that Ruggs, either the day or the day after that Ruggs ran that, that his 40, and he ran like 4 three forty, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of buzz from NFL people that they felt that the Eagles, and Howie in particular, we're going to do be very aggressive to move up to get Rose. They felt like Howie was really going to go after him hard. When I got back from the combine, though, and then let a little time pass, and I, I was talking to someone from an NFL team, and this guy is an executive who knows the Eagles very well, and just knows their style, knows Howie, and he said, I don't think they're going to to trade up for Rose. I think what everybody thinks but I don't think that's what Howie's going to do because he doesn't have to. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft, and we get so caught up in the Eagles' need for speed and 40 times that we act like some other like a Justin Jefferson or somebody else who didn't run a 4-3 is all of a sudden slow or can't play in the NFL. And there's just it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense straight up. In the last year, maybe moving up a spot or two, right? Now, it doesn't make sense to, to give up a lot of draft capital to get up to, um, you know, 5, 8, 10, 12, anything like that. If anything, learn the lesson that wasn't it the, didn't the Bills trade up a few spots when they got Sammy Watkins that year? And that's the same year that Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Cooks and. Uh, some other issues. I think the Bills gave up a yeah. few to move up a few. Yeah, they spots. moved. Up, they gave up. A, I believe it was a fairly decent haul to move mm-hmm. up to get Sammy Sammy Watkins. They did, and that should be a lesson learned because he's not even the best receiver to come out of that draft by by a mile. Good receiver, but not not nearly the best. So here's the thing: like the Eagles had ten picks, but they had to give two up right to get themselves uh, Darius Slay. So they got eight picks now. Mm-hmm. So you don't want Howie. Messing around. I mean, they need this draft to. Re- they have so many holes. We've talked about wide receiver. We've talked about cornerback. About safety. About linebacker. They could really use a young interior offensive lineman because you know Kelsey staying healthy or Kelsey not retiring in the next year or two. He's getting older. Um, and and even Brandon Brooks at right guard coming off that the injury. I mean, you just never never know. Um, his his cap by the way balloons big time. Brandon Cook. So. I mean, you really got to fortify that if you can. Plus, the Eagles are always drafting quarterbacks, which is a good idea as long as they're good. Obviously, when you take the kid from Northwestern and he doesn't work out and he comes a Cowboy, that's not good. But I just can't see with only eight picks now how he's giving up a second or a third round or to move up seven or eight spots or whatever it's going to take to go get Henry Ruggs when there's this legendary class of wide receivers behind. So, um I think if they stay where they're at, there's a chance that Jalen Rager is there, and a lot of people will tell you they think he's just as explosive as Ruggs or Duty or anybody else. You know, C.D. Lamb, they think he can be just as good. So it, it really doesn't. There's a lot of speed in the later rounds. It, really, it, it doesn't make sense. So you don't think it would make sense to maybe tap into next year's reserve of it to do it either? I mean, it, it just depends on whether or not that's co- 
that's going to motivate. Be good enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, are the Jaguars going to take a future first-round pick for Yannick Ngakwe, or are they looking for a pick for this year's draft? That's the big question, too. Uh, true. And that, and as you bring that name up, how interested, if at all, are the Eagles in Ngakwe? They're definitely interested. They're always interested when it comes to young pass rushers who fit the scheme. And the thing about Ngakwe, we talk about this, a lot on inside the birds. It's not, it's not that he's just a good defensive end. He's he's what's known. He's like a speed rusher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your bull rushers, your speed rushers. The Eagles have a lot of like power bull rushers. Brandon Graham's a, a bull rusher, you know. Um, Derek Barnett has got that like elite speed around the edges, and that's what the Eagles need. Somebody who has speed. That's why they traded for Gennard Avery um, from Cleveland last year, is because he has tremendous burst. And they got to figure out a way to get that on the field. So Ngakwe would really help them there. But again, you're talking about giving up. Would you give up a first round pick this year and then also redo the contract to make them like among the highest paid defensive end of football when you know how many holes this team has? That's, that's kind of a lot. I wouldn't. Mm-mm. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Which is why I ask how, how serious is the actual interest because I think the greater need, at least in my opinion, is to add around your young quarterback mm-hmm. who, who has shown that he can flourish when there's speed out there. Yes, that, so I would say if we're deciding between a first-round pick who's a wide receiver, who's going to be cost-controlled for four to five years and grow with Carson Wentz over a defensive end who is a damn good player but you know is already in an area of strength for your team, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Because then you don't get to take that receiver – I just think that they need these draft picks more than people understand. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. Agree. And with all the Ngakwe talk, who I think would be a nice addition if he were, you know, a first-round draft pick or something like that on a rookie deal, I don't see myself wanting to invest first-round pick money, a first-round pick, and give him the money. Yeah, right, right. That's a big thing that he's pretty much at the end of the deal, and you got to redo the deal now. Because yeah, John will tell you, I'm the first one to tell you, <laughs> the second you pay your quarterback, you need to be careful with how this you spend the rest of your money. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Yes, he he's made that point a lot. I've I've worked yeah. with him over <laughs> almost two years, even when we're not talking about the NFL. He's making that point. <laughs> Oh, I keep a graphic on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like I have a picture I keep on my phone that shows me the, the salary cap percentages of winning Super Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. You, you actually might have a sickness, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's absolutely no might about it. You know, we talk. Hey, man, I mean, you you got to draft well when you once you pay your quarterback. I'm like, dude, we're talking about LeBron. We're, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, real quick, real quick before I, before we let you go, one one point that I've always made as far as the draft or what I I I want to see their first and their second round picks, whoever they pick, whatever wherever direction that they go, they need to be day one contributors. I feel like that's something that this team probably has not had since that year they drafted uh, Macklin and McCoy in the first and second round. Now they're. Yeah. Dr- 
They're drafting 21. Is that player, do you believe that that player is out there? Could they draft somebody at 21, no matter what direction, whether it's a cornerback, whether it's a wide receiver, that can start week one for this team? Yes, I do. Now, the corner, again, I'll go back to the fact that corners struggle. Right? Mm-hmm. So if a guy gets, let's say it's C.J. Henderson from Florida. I really like him a lot. Um, if they draft him, uh, I'm sure the plan would be to start him, but if he just it looks like it's not happening and mm-hmm. having some issues and can't or whatever it is, then you got to bring him in in some packages. But as long as he's contributing, as long as he's playing yeah. on your defense um, and, and making an impact in some way, yes, I yeah, I, I just don't I think want, that that's to be important. I don't want to see any projects. Yeah, no, you don't want another. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, no, no more projects. I need somebody. <laughs> I need to know their first round draft pick is is a contributor. I want to see him on the field. I, you know, no more projects. I'm done with projects. I I, I need players. Right. You know, you know, it hasn't been that long though, JB. I know it's hard to to like if you go back two years ago, right? It's and it's not technically first round, mm-hmm. but they didn't have a first round pick. Their second round pick was Goddard. And they didn't have a third rounder. Their fourth round pick was Maddox. That's two years ago. So Goddard played a big role as a rookie, and Maddox had to play corner and safety. In fact, he helped kind of save the season by being able to do that. Mm. So, like, like they get banged for being awful at drafting, and I don't think they're bad. They're certainly not the best. I mean, mm. there's certainly enough misses, but they're not horrendous. But I do agree with your point. They, whoever they get in the first two rounds, and hopefully three have to be able to start or else it's a failure. Mm. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. All right, look. <sighs> okay, Mike. You guys want to bang I, on I, the I, Cowboys I, I, a little bit? What did you say? I said you want to bang on the Cowboys a little bit for signing Alden Smith? <laughs> oh, Four man. million dollars? <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's a very Cowboy thing to do. They're, they're it's amazing. They try to give guys second chances that don't necessarily. Cowboys going cowboy. That's you know. It's not even about like the second chance. It's about the fact that after not playing for four years, you signed a deal that can pay him up to four million dollars. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh man, oh, it would be all themselves. <laughs> and then they'll, they they'll turn. Seem to be a team that needs to be more responsible with how they're spending their money. Yeah, like who are they competing against? Cowboy <laughs> fan will then turn around and tell you that this deal will be what what puts them in the Super Bowl. This will be. Mm. This will make what. This will make their team unstoppable. Did you see what we oh, just I got? Will. You know. <laughs> hey, did you see who we just got? America's team is back, y'all. America's team. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, bro. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, you know. <laughs> all, all right, guy. All, all right, cowboy fan. You know, it's yeah. They're 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 ecstatic over this move. They're like, hey, can you believe that this guy has been out of the league for four years? Uh, yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't believe that. Yeah, you know, what do you, there, what there do you guys think of? Um, what would you guys think? I know it'll never happen, but if if the Eagles sign Cam Newton to be a backup, oh, is is he coming for cheap? Well, I'm assuming if he's coming to be a backup, he's probably going to do one of the higher paid backups, but he's still making backup quarterback money. If it if it's seven million or less, I'm okay with it. Uh, no, well, that's uh, not backup quarterback money yeah. anymore. <laughs> I, I, I was I would say no because I I I think that the backup need you need to know that your backup is going to be the backup. 
you bring in a guy like Cam Newton, you know, I understand he's got something to prove. He he himself might not necessarily be a bad locker room guy. Like he might come in, be you know, humbled by whatever happened in, in Carolina, just want to get an opportunity to play some football and hopefully work himself into a situation where he's, you know, a, a starter somewhere. Like you know because you're around the team and you also are in a position where you talk and interact with fans. So you know that there's a difference between how fans view the situation and how the situation actually is. Right. But so but I envision, you know, you bring in Cam Newton and I'm thinking every time Carson Wentz throws an incomplete pass, why don't we bench him and put Cam Newton in? You're right. You're so right. It would be terrible for Carson in this city. Like the, that it would just be mm-hmm. awful. Like every time, insufferable. If if like Carson Wentz would have to come in and go sixteen and zero, or what now is what seventeen it was sixteen seventeen and zero. Never, never. No one drops a pass. He has to be a hundred percent. You know, perfect passer rating, perfect. You know, completion rating, and win a Super Bowl. Right. In order for people to not say, "Hey, why aren't we get?" I mean, and then probably the way that will work out, it would be like, "Okay, Carson Wentz is so good, why aren't we resting him?" And we need to give Cam Newton a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, you said it. Like, I'm, it's I, too bad, you know, and, and it's too bad. It's too bad because if you took that context out of it, if you just, it would make so much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, Cam kind of getting a, you know, go. Uh, kind of becoming a reclamation project and Doug's offense, the same way Vic was for Andy. Mm -hmm. It would make so much sense, but it just could never happen. It would. For exactly what you said, Jamie. Uh, I can't disagree or say J.B. said it any better. That that aspect of it would make it a completely bad situation for Carson Witt. Well, J.B. needed to be the one to say it because he was the one calling up sports radio going, you can't move in there when Carson has a bad Look, I'm just going with the right flow. You, look, we've all been in this area long enough that we know there, you know, this, this city and this fan base personifies the concept that there is no player more popular than the backup quarterback. It does not matter who it is. You know, as soon as you are made the start, as soon as you are made the starting quarterback in this city, people are calling for the backup. It doesn't matter who it is. That's so, right. You know, so, you know, as, as soon as we move on, if we were, if for some, whatever reason, we were to bench Carson once Cam Newton becomes the quarterback, very next week, Warren's and Carson back in there. We need to put Carson yep. back in there. You know, that's, yep. you know, that it is what it is. It, it truly is what it is. All right, now, Jeff, before we let you go, let us know where we can find you and everything that you do because you got like 37 jobs. Yeah, I have trouble keeping up with it. So <laughs> I, I usually put everything that I do on Twitter. So if you want to follow me there, it's at Jeff Mosher, NFL. That's G-E-O-F-F-M-O-S-H-E-R-N-F-L. Um, most of my work, you got to gotta be a subscriber to the Inside the Birds podcast. Yes, uh, we also launched a website. InsideTheBirds.com, which is uh, the writing arm of Inside the Birds podcast. Adam Kaplan and I and uh, Andrew Cicchetto do a lot of uh, writing for that website. And uh, our YouTube page, Inside the Birds on YouTube as well. Uh, those are the three main places I would steer you toward if you want to get all the great Eagles content. All right. Well, look, man. All right. Well, thanks, Jeff. It was a pleasure having you on as always. 
And Pleasure is all mine. Stay safe during all of this craziness. Yeah. I'll try, man. This Look, quarantine life ain't easy, but we're doing it. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, man. Be strong, bro. Try brother. not to lose Be, your mind. I, look, man. Me, look, me and Jeff are fathers, man. So I, 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 I know what you're going through, brother. Be strong, man. Be strong. That's right, brother. We'll, all right, we'll I'll get, talk to you guys soon, man. Have a good one. All right, man. All take right, take care, man. Oh, man, that was Jeff Mosher. Always good to have, have always on. good to have Mosher on the show, man. One day we gonna get him in the lab. You know, when when this is all said and done, we all gotta sit down. We'll you know, I get a couple cold ones. We'll chill out. We'll we'll talk some football. Yeah, maybe you'll have to pull out Smoke Force One in preparation or something. I got you, man. I got you. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm gonna smoke the, this weekend, but I will let you know next show where what I went. Because let me tell you something, man. Do you eat pork? You, you mess with not the swine? Usually. Not usually. Not, All right. Not usually. All right. Well, I smoked a pork loin last week. Smoked the pork loin, then chopped it up. Made some. Uh, me and my pop made this Carolina barbecue sauce. It was lovely, man. Just chopped it up. We just been eating chopped barbecue sandwiches all week. Now I might. I haven't decided. I could go with a chicken, maybe smoke a turkey. I don't know yet, but I'm I'm trying to decide. But I will let you know next time. I called out Derek Gunn though, because Derek Gunn, you, we all know Derek Gunn from uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. He calls himself. He likes to fancy himself as a grill master. And at this, and and he he he's okay, but he's not me. I called him out though, man. I'm like, look, man, you see all the, you see how on Instagram everybody's doing all these uh, like producer battles and singing battles or whatever. I'm like, look, man, we need to do a food battle. Let's go out there. Let's 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 cook what we cook and let's lay it all out there for people to see. But he wasn't interested. He's ducking me, man. He's ducking me. He wants no parts of me. He wants no parts of me. He wants no parts of Smoke Force One. But it is what it is. It is what it is, man. When you get back here, I will, I will, I will hook you up, man. I'll hook you up with some barbecue. You let me know, be, whether it be barbecue chicken, whether it be barbecue uh, pork chops, whatever, beef ribs, pork ribs, you name it. I got you. All right. Hey man, sounds good to me. All right. Well, look. You can tell us what you think of today's show. Hit us up at any time. Facebook, Instagram. Well. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports, or you can talk to us on Twitter at O underscore D underscore Discourse. Remember, you can download the podcast wherever you get your, your podcast. We'll get you that information in a second. My name is Brown. His name is Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Because rumor has it that back in the day, they didn't want you. That's what, that's what they used to say, but you know, I'm hot now. So what happens now? <laughs> they all on me. Nice. Y'all have a great weekend. Uh, we, we usually say enjoy the sports, but there ain't none. So look, wash your hands. Don't touch your face, all right? We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back when we're back. All right? Peace, y'all. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.
The preceding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.